Have you ever wondered what it's like to kill a man? Good evening, Crypt Keepers, and welcome to Sinister Souls, Episode 5, The Suicide Killer. You can email us and let us know what you think at crypticpodcast at gmail.com. Our TikTok is at cryptique underscore podcast. YouTube is at cryptique podcast. X is at podcast evil. And you can find our merchandise at crypticpodcaststore.com. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, etc. because that really helps us out. Tonight's story is about a killer who operated from afar, coaxing their victims to kill themselves. In the dimly lit corridors of the early internet, back when the digital realm was an untamed wilderness, and the concept of stranger danger still in its infancy, our story unfolds. A tale not for the faint of heart, for it delves into the abyss of despair and the malevolent shadows that lurked behind the pixels and screens. Suicide, a haunting specter, looms over these digital landscapes casting darkness that even the bravest souls might find unsettling. Let's be clear, the subject matter we're about to cover is no laughing matter. Suicide is a weighty, sorrowful theme, and it bears repeating It's never a joke or a solitary path to resolution. If you or someone you know is ensnared in this bleak web of despair, rest assured, help is within reach. You are not alone, and there are hands eager to reach out and save. Now, fast forward through the labyrinth of time, nearly two decades later, and our digital landscape is a vastly different terrain. We've learned the hard way, with lessons etched in the annals of internet history, the menace of strangers, the relentless onslaught of spam, the insidious presence of bots, and the predators that haunt the virtual shadows have all become common knowledge. Yet, in the early 2000s, a time when MySpace was cryptic and Facebook was just a glimmer on the digital horizon, chat rooms ruled the day. They were the pulsating heartbeats of a generation, the places where young souls gathered to share secrets and dreams before the era of social media engulfed us. The internet, a realm where masks could be donned and facades carefully crafted. In those chat rooms, you could become anyone, assume any identity your heart desired. But in this twisted tale, it was a nurse who wove the most intricate double life, a healer of bodies in the real world, yet a harbinger of darkness in the virtual realm. Picture it, a nurse who wore the uniform of a savior by day, but by night they donned the shroud of a sinister puppeteer. This nurse entered into a diabolical pact with fate, conspiring in at least ten suicide pacts with unsuspecting young souls, luring them into the abyss of despair and ultimately extinguishing at least five precious lives. In the shadowy recesses of the early internet, 
where trust was naively bestowed upon pixelated avatars, and where sinister intentions lurked behind friendly words, this chilling tale of deception and darkness unfolds. It serves as a haunting reminder that even in the most unexpected corners of the web, malevolence may take root, masked by the veneer of trustworthiness. Our grim narrative unravels with the heartbreaking tale of an 18-year-old soul named Nadia Kajuji, a bright flame hailing from the vast expanse of Ontario, Canada, who embarked on her academic journey at the hollowed halls of Carleton University in Ottawa. To the outside world, Nadia bore the visage of a spirited and inquisitive young woman, a wordsmith who wove poetry from the threads of her thoughts, harboring dreams of donning the robe of justice as a lawyer someday. But beneath her facade of ambition, a tempest of internal struggles raged. The weight of mental afflictions, chiefly depression, cast long shadows across her path. The transition from the familiar cocoon of high school to the daunting chasms of college life especially when it involved a five-hour separation from her family, proved to be a burden too great for her young shoulders to bear. A young mind, untamed and untested, can crumble under the pressure of isolation and the quest for camaraderie. Nadia, like many, sought solace in the digital realm, hoping to find friendship in a sanctuary amidst the pixels and codes. Little did she know she would encounter a supposed friend whose intentions were as dark as the abyss itself. As she embarked on her college journey, her family detected an ominous shift in her demeanor, an unspoken transformation that whispered of invisible struggles. Yet, there was more pain hidden beneath the surface, as if the universe conspired to heap agony upon agony Nadia's relationship with her boyfriend disintegrated soon after her arrival in Ottawa. And in the midst of this tumultuous period, cruel fate bestowed upon her the news of an unexpected pregnancy. She claimed to have taken the morning after pill, yet life's capricious nature intervened, leading to a miscarriage. These events, each one a bitter pill of sorrow, were piled upon an 18-year-old college freshman, isolated from her family and devoid of the solace she so desperately needed. The weight of her tribulations bore down on her, threatening to snuff out the glimmer of hope that still flickered within. It was against this bleak backdrop that her path converged with a spiteful presence, leading her down a treacherous road towards her untimely demise. We'll be right back after a quick break. Welcome back, Crypt Keepers. In the desolate abyss of her isolation, Nadia cast her virtual net wide, hoping to catch a glimmer of understanding, a lifeline, in the unforgiving expanse of her despair. 
With trembling fingers and a heart weighed down by the crushing burden of solitude, she ventured into the murky waters of an online chat room, a sanctuary of sorts for those who carried the heavy cross of suicidal thoughts and the haunting specter of depression. In that dimly lit corner of cyberspace where usernames mask identities and stories were shared with reckless abandon, Nadia poured out the storm within her. Her words, like fragile echoes in a digital world, pleaded for comfort, for the warmth of empathy, for any flicker of human connection to pierce the oppressive darkness that enveloped her. And then, like a whisper in the night, a response appeared on her screen. Cammy D, it read, claiming to be a 31-year-old nurse hailing from the distant city of Minneapolis. A self-proclaimed healer, a guardian of lives in the physical realm, and yet an unknowable presence in the virtual ether. Nadia and Cami, two souls adrift in the vastness of the web, found each other amidst the chaos. The connection was swift, a bond forged in the crucible of shared torment. Like kindred spirits, they danced along the precipice of their darkest thoughts, finding peace in their mutual understanding of despair. In this clandestine world, Nadia and Cami unearthed a connection that transcended the boundaries of time and space, a connection that would ultimately prove to be their doom. Nadia wrote, I wonder how it would feel to actually die. Cami D responded, nice. March 10th, 2008. On that fateful day, a disconcerting symphony of sound echoed from within Nadia Kajuji's locked dorm room. It was a discordant melody, an aberration from her usual quiet existence. Her roommate, well acquainted with Nadia's study habits and musical preferences, couldn't ignore the unsettling cacophony that reverberated through the door. A sense of unease gnawed at her, a whisper of concern that refused to be ignored. With every knock on the door and every unanswered plea, the gravity of the situation deepened. Nadia's silence was deafening, her absence ominous. It was then that her roommate, alarmed and desperate, sought outside assistance. The campus police, summoned by the roommate's urgent call for help, arrived on the scene. With trepidation and heavy hearts, they breached the threshold of Nadia's room, unaware of the chilling scene that awaited them. What they found was a haunting display of abandonment. Nadia's personal effects lay scattered, as if she had vanished into thin air. Her ID, cell phone, laptop, and the iPod, the source of that eerie sweet symphony, were all present, blaring a requiem of the unknown. Yet one item's absence pierced the heart like a cold, cruel blade. Nadia's ice skates were gone from their place. In that room, amidst the discordant notes of despair and silence, the mystery of Nadia Kajuji's whereabouts began to unfurl. 
The tale of her dark descent into the abyss of online connections and a wicked presence named Cammy was a chapter yet to be revealed, a chilling saga that left a trail of unanswered questions and a community in mourning. In those agonizing two days, as the shadows of uncertainty and dread lengthened, Nadia's parents received the devastating news that their beloved daughter had gone missing. Outrage surged through their veins, igniting a fire of determination within their hearts. Without hesitation, they embarked on the long and arduous journey to Ottawa, where their daughter had last been seen. Armed with flyers and hearts heavy with worry, they joined the desperate search for their missing child. Muhammad Kajuji, Nadia's father, was a relentless force in this harrowing quest. He knew no rest. His tireless efforts, undeterred by the unforgiving passage of time, were treacherous weather. Through the darkest hours of day and night, he scoured the city's every corner, his voice calling out for his daughter, a beacon of hope in the darkness. But the investigation took an unsettling turn when Nadia's laptop, a vessel of her innermost thoughts and struggles, was submitted for forensic scrutiny. Findings bore a mix of solace and distress, shedding light on the young woman's puzzling plight. Within the depths of that digital diary, Nadia's voice emerged, a haunting echo of her pain and isolation. Her face, obscured by the veil of her hair, was a poignant symbol of her desire for anonymity. A reflection of the walls she had built around herself. In those recorded confessions, she bared her soul to the lens, speaking of the relentless grip of depression that had clung to her, strangling her hopes and her ability to communicate with the very people who loved her. For investigators and her anguished family, these revelations were a heart-wrenching testament to the inner turmoil Nadia had endured in silence. The videos, like fragments of a shattered mirror, offered glimpses into the depths of her suffering, and as they pieced together the puzzle of her disappearance, they were left with an overwhelming sense of sorrow and urgency. The search for Nadia Kajuji continued, driven by a fervent determination to find her and bring her back from the pits of despair. A grim revelation came to light as investigators delved deeper into Nadia Kajuji's digital interactions. Peering into the dark chasm of her online correspondence, the search for Nadia Kajuji continued, driven by a fervent determination to find her, bring her back from the pits of despair. The grim revelation came to light as investigators delved deeper into Nadia's digital interactions. Peering into the dark chasm of her online correspondence with Cammie D. In the depths of their virtual confessions, Nadia had found solace in believing that she was connecting with another soul tormented by the relentless grip of depression. Little did she know that the person on the other side of the screen harbored nothing but ill intent, a twisted web of deceit masquerading as a support system. Their discussions, shrouded in the shadowy corners of an online chat room, 
frequently revolved around the macabre subject of suicide. Cammy, cunning and sinister, proposed the unthinkable, a suicide pact, a solemn agreement that they would end their lives together. In a chilling twist, Cammy insisted that Nadia carry out her final act in front of a webcam, ensuring that she would not falter, that she would, quote, get the job done. The chilling pact was struck, an arrangement that designated the day following Nadia's tragic departure as Cammy's own date of reckoning. It was a devil's bargain, a dark communion between two lost souls. Unbeknownst to Nadia, this was not Cammy's first dance with the specter of death. However, in the eleventh hour, as the precipice of her decision drew near, Nadia experienced a change of heart. She yearned for her exit from this world to appear as a tragic accident, masking the torment that had led her down this trail. Nadia confided in Cammy, revealing her intention to don her ice skates and plunge into the icy embrace of the Rideau River, a desperate bid to cloak her suicide in the guise of a tragic mishap. Tragically, this was indeed how Nadia Kajuji was discovered on that fateful day, April 20th, 2008, lifeless on the banks of the Rideau River, her ice skates still affixed to her feet. The river, which had become both her witness and her executioner, bore silent testament to her anguished journey's end. Her death, in the eyes of the world, was ruled a suicide, a mournful echo of the torment she had suffered in silence. In the depths of this tragic saga, a glimmer of hope and heroism emerged in the form of Celia Blay, a retired British schoolteacher whose heart and sense of justice led her to an extraordinary revelation. As she reached out to counsel depressed teenagers in the unforgiving labyrinth of the internet, little did she know that her pursuit of compassion would unearth a malevolent presence lurking in the shadows. In the early days of March 2008, the Minnesota Police Department received an email sent across continents from Celia Blay a devoted suicide activist residing in England. Within her message lay the harrowing tale of her discovery, a revelation that would send shockwaves through the digital realm. Find out more after a quick break. Welcome back, Crypt Keepers. Celia spoke of a sinister entity, a predator that prowled the online chat rooms, a heartless manipulator who encouraged vulnerable souls to end their lives, not out of compassion, but for the perverse thrill of the chase. Celia Blaze's encounter with this malice came by chance as she worked diligently to counsel one of her troubled teenage clients. The client revealed disturbing details of their interactions with an enigmatic figure known by various screen names including Lee Dao, Falcon Girl, and the ominous Cammy D. 
What chilled Blade to the bone was the revelation that her young client had entered into a sinister suicide pact with Cammy D. Recognizing the grave danger that lurked in the digital shadows, Celia Blay resolved to take action. She understood that she had stumbled upon a predator, one who preyed upon the vulnerable and depressed, and she was determined to unveil the true identity hidden behind the screen. With unwavering courage and conviction, she embarked on a daring sting operation, a relentless pursuit of justice aimed at bringing this puppeteer to light and ending their reign of terror. In a determined pursuit of justice, Celia Blay and her close friend Cat Lowe embarked on a mission to put an end to the predatory reign that had ensnared vulnerable souls in a web of despair. Pooling their wits and resources, Blay and Lowe crafted a fictitious persona, a vulnerable individual designed to entice the puppeteer. The ruse, meticulously planned and executed, proved to be successful. They engaged Cammy D, who would eventually turn out to be known as William Melkert Dinkle, in a twisted dance, luring him into a fabricated suicide pact that would ultimately unmask the darkness within him. With the damning evidence gathered during this audacious sting operation in their possession, Celia Blay wasted no time in taking action. She relayed the information she had acquired to the Minnesota Police Department and the Minnesota Crimes Against Children Task Force, hoping to shine a spotlight on the wicked force that had preyed upon the vulnerable. As the wheels of justice began to turn, investigators meticulously scrutinized the evidence at hand. They conducted a forensic exam of both Nadia's computer and the information provided by Blay, leaving no stone unturned in their pursuit of truth. The digital breadcrumbs led them to a chilling revelation. The malevolent presence known as Cammy D had a real-world identity. Behind the screen, behind the sinister facade, stood William Melkert Dinkle, a 47-year-old man leading a seemingly ordinary life in Fairbault, Minnesota. He was a husband and a father of two, living in the heart of suburban America, concealing a dark and sinister secret that had now been laid bare for all to see. The revelation sent shockwaves through the community and set in motion a legal reckoning that would seek to hold him accountable for the lives he had manipulated and ultimately taken. The unsettling saga continued with a visit from Sergeant Bill Hader of the St. Paul Police Department to the home of William Melkert Dinkle in January of 2009. The officers confronted William, probing into his digital double life under the screen names Lee Dow and Cammy D. To their chilling confirmation, he admitted his sinister online personas. Sergeant Hader later described Melkert Dinkle is shockingly arrogant, defending his actions with a callous justification. He believed he was merely, quote, helping people who would have done it anyway. In his distorted worldview, he saw himself as their twisted advisor. During questioning, Melkert Dinkle revealed the horrifying extent of his malevolent actions. He confessed to engaging with at least 20 individuals in the chat room 
orchestrating around 10 suicide packs that had led to the tragic deaths of at least five people. Nadia, whose life had tragically ended on the banks of the Rideau River, was just one of his victims. However, Nadia was not the first to fall victim to Milker Dinkel's web of deception and manipulation. In 2005, Mark Drybo, a man from England, had also succumbed to the influence of Lee Dow. Under the guise of a 25-year-old nurse residing in Minnesota, Melker Dinkel had advised Mark to hang himself using a yellow nylon rope, just as he would later instruct Nadia. In a legal reckoning that spanned several years, the story took yet another twist. At the age of 52, William Melker Dinkel faced justice, initially sentenced to just 360 days in prison in 2010 for encouraging and assisting in the suicides of two individuals. However, in 2014, his sentence was overturned on the grounds of a violation of his First Amendment rights. The case was remanded by the Minnesota Supreme Court, which deemed the statute under which Melker Dinkel was prosecuted to be, quote, unconstitutional in part. By the end of 2014, a modified legal battle concluded with Melker Dinkel's conviction for assisting in Mark Drybaugh's suicide and attempting to assist in Nadia Kajuji's suicide. He was sentenced to five years in prison, contingent upon his parole violation. Milker Dinkel had already served 178 days in prison, and he was released in February 2015, leaving a trail of sorrow and unanswered questions in his wake. Though Nadia Kajuji's family feels no closure and was robbed of justice, for the death of their daughter, they continue to advocate for suicide awareness and prevention. Mark Kajuji said, I appreciate the awareness. Nothing is going to bring my sister back, but if I can help another family, I think I've done all that I can. End quote. We'll be right back to wrap it up. Welcome back, Crypt Keepers. The perplexing case of William Melker Dinkel leaves a trail of unanswered questions and disturbing contradictions. While he did offer apologies to his victims' families in court, his defense attorney, Terry Watkins, argued that his actions, while immoral, may not have been illegal. This legal distinction added another layer of complexity to an already confounding case. Melkert Dinkel's motives remain shrouded in mystery, leaving investigators and the public alike grappling with the chilling question of what drove him to encourage people to commit suicide. His statements, both in court and during interviews, provide no clear insight into his twisted psyche. At times, he claimed to derive a perverse thrill from his actions, describing it as, quote, the thrill of the chase. This statement contradicted his earlier justification that he was merely helping people who were going to do it anyway. The stark contrast between his chosen profession as a nurse, a profession dedicated to saving lives, and his heinous actions deepens 
the mystery surrounding him. It raises unsettling questions about the transformation of a lifesaver into a malevolent puppeteer who sought to end lives instead of preserving them. Speculation abounds, suggesting that perhaps the relentless pressure and emotional toll of a career in healthcare pushed him over the precipice, transforming him from a savior into a harbinger of death. However, this remains mere conjecture, as the true motivations behind his actions remain a chilling mystery. Since his release from prison, Melker Dinkle has largely remained out of the public eye. Whether his career as a truck driver keeps him occupied, or if he has chosen to lie low during his 10 years of probation for his crimes, remains unknown. The notion that serial killers have notoriously taken on the truck driving profession as a means to elude capture and maintain an alibi only adds to the disquieting uncertainty surrounding his future actions. In the end, the story of William Melkert Dinkle leaves us with more questions than answers. A haunting reminder that some mysteries may never be fully unraveled and that the darkness within some individuals can defy explanation. The chilling story of William Melkert Dinkle serves as a stark reminder of the dangers that lurk in the digital shadows and the importance of remaining vigilant, especially in an era where technology and the internet play such a central role in our lives. While we may be more aware today of the potential dangers of online interactions, it's crucial to continuously educate ourselves and, most importantly, the young people who are often the most vulnerable to such threats. Maintaining a strong support system, both online and in our real lives, is essential in navigating the digital landscape safely. We must encourage open communication with our loved ones, especially with younger generations, so they feel comfortable seeking help and guidance when they encounter troubling situations online. The tragic story of those who fell victim to Melkert Dinkle's influence underscored the importance of never taking strangers' words on the internet at face value. Evil can manifest in unexpected ways, and it's our collective responsibility to recognize and take action against those who seek to harm vulnerable minds and hearts. In the face of such darkness, it's crucial to remember that there is always a way out, and there is always hope for things to get better. If you or someone you care about has mentioned or is struggling with suicidal ideologies, in English and Spanish, in the United States, you can simply dial 988 to get help. But there's help everywhere. A simple online search will lead you to someone who's trained to help, not someone like the suicide killer. Let us know what you think at crypticpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, etc. You can find us on TikTok at cryptique underscore podcast, YouTube at cryptique podcast, on X at at podcast evil, and you can find some cryptique merchandise at crypticpodcaststore.com. What do we always say? 
don't sleep, Crypt Keep. Good evening, Crypt Keepers.